Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Welcome to our end of the year Daily Tech News Show 2019 predictions episode in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. Sarah. I'm Roger Chen. <laughs> it's like we never missed a beat. <laughs> Uh, we're joined today by Justin Robert Young. Yes, that's me. Hi, friends. <laughs> uh, also with us, Shannon Morse. Hey, everybody. And Allison Sheridan. Hello, everybody. Uh, this is a, uh, a tr- tradition dating back to the ancient times of Buzz Out Loud, uh, where we do our last podcast of the year predicting what we think is going to happen in the next year. And as you heard yesterday, in a year from now, we will follow up and uh, we will f- find out if we predicted anything good. Uh, everybody got their crystal balls out, got their prognostication talents ready. I'm ready, yes. man. Crowdsourced <laughs> it. Got it ready. Just a general mood. How are you feeling about 2019? I feel like everything is going to be a lot better. It's got to be better. It has, it to, has be. to be better. Um, yes. Please. Please, Lord, make 2019 better. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to take that as positivity uh, going in. Uh, Sarah Lane, let's start with you. What's your first prediction? All right. So I know that these predictions tend to be it's it's hard to predict that some something, you know, sort of catastrophic might happen uh, within a year's time. But I'm going to go ahead and do that uh, in the spirit of Christmas. Um, and I'm going to start with Apple will stop selling the HomePod and choose oh. instead to focus on adding Siri into speakers that continue to sell a lot better than Apple's own HomePod does because it's mm-hmm. expensive and it's nice, but it doesn't do a lot of things that that uh, that more affordable speakers do. And uh, the market has kind of run away from it. Now, Apple uh, getting rid of a, a, a large product category that obviously the company has spent a lot of time on. That is a pretty far-fetched prediction, but I'm sticking with it. Well, and also there's certainly a fairly full graveyard of Apple, uh, Apple uh, uh, speakers already, right? <laughs> you know, 
like like the hi-fi. It'll go sit on the shelf with the hi-fi. <laughs> <laughs> so, know, and the thing is, 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 is I, I certainly don't want to make. I, I don't hope that the home. Sure, no, you know, they, that's a good dives. point. These are predictions, yeah. not the, not wishes. The, exactly, these are predictions. Um, I, I know a lot of folks who have got you know a variety of Echo speakers or the Google Home. I myself went with the Sonos ones, and they continue to have all of the assistance. Um, as time goes on, kind of get baked in and the features are, are better than ever. And I don't really know that many folks who have HomePods and some of these are diehard Apple folks. I am one of them. Um, and it just feels like a product that is not, it, it's just not where Apple should be going. Particularly, so you think they'll, they'll get rid of it because it's not catching on. Yeah, because it's because it fails. Well, and and look, it was either too early or too late. Apple has made their brand on waiting until products have stabilized. The markets for products have stabilized and then doing the thing that the stable market couldn't, right? And either you're going to look at the home speaker situation as, okay, well, then they were waiting until speakers had kind of commoditized. Everybody wanted to buy a speaker. They wanted some other uh, functionality to it. What Apple could bring in was amazing sound and integration into your Apple ecosystem. The problem is that while they were sleeping, you know, uh, the the Echo took over. And then Google very quickly made themselves a competitor there and built a very robust ecosystem for what you could do with those assistants. So by the time that that the HomePod came out, it wasn't a good assistant. And it was kind of comparable to the sound quality that you could get from other high-end speakers if you wanted to drop a lot of money. Yeah, Apple's well, notorious for uh, reinventing a category that already exists and then sort of making it seem like they invented the category. I mean, look at the iPhone. Sure, there was smart, lots of smartphones by the time the iPhone came around, but it was new and cool and did things differently and changed the category. The HomePod, yes, you might say it has uh, exemplary sound, better than all the rest, but it's also more expensive. And I just don't know that many folks, you could even, I don't know, compare it to something like Tidal's music service. M- some folks care. Some folks care about having the best audio quality period and will pay a premium for it. But I don't think enough people will in this, in this um, situation. Well, I think another thing they did while, uh, while Apple was sleeping was Amazon was putting the Echo Dot into like Cracker Jacks boxes, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Everything. Uh, yeah, but, that, but that, I guess, is half of Sarah's prediction, right? Is that Apple would will, will want to put Siri in more Cracker Jack boxes, and and that that I don't know whether or not they go there. They have been very weirdly proprietary with Siri, considering the fact that she's maybe not the best. Really, the best thing that you can say about Siri is that she plugs directly into your Apple uh, Apple ecosystem. But in terms of voice recognition, in terms of a lot of that kind of stuff, the the places where Siri is like Apple TV and and some other stuff. I don't know if she's really used all that much or at least used in the same kind of way that, uh, uh, you know, the Echo is or or the Google Home is. Yeah, Sarah's prediction is on solid ground. My instinct is that (laughs) Apple won't want to allow anyone else to have Siri. You're right. And, And I think you might be right that they get rid of the HomePod and come out with something else. Uh, they they reinvent it uh, and and say oh the HomePod forget about that never existed uh, we've always been at war with East Asia and the new Siri Pod is of course the the best thing I I don't know something like that uh, might be happening I, I I almost think that they're going to set out the entire voice assistant thing 
at, at this point, we are we are at a point where now, like like uh, uh, was was pointed out, they're going to be in the, the the industry leader is going to be in a thirty dollar microwave. I, I don't know if anything of that value is what Apple wants to get into. Nor do I think that Siri is quite as beefy as it needs to be to play alongside those other two assistants. And Apple Music being on the Echo now, I think, is a sign that Sarah's pointed in the right direction here. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, the most excited I got about Siri recently was hearing that I could use Siri to launch Google's Assistant, which is better. <laughs> uh, all right. What about your second your second prediction, Sarah? All right. So not to get to, you know, it's gadget, it's gadget prediction heavy um, in the old Lane household uh, this holiday season, but... I continue to not totally understand the video smart devices. The Echo Show, for example, the Facebook portal, um, specifically because I've been watching Facebook's video efforts um, with lots of curiosity, trying to figure out what the heck's going on over there. I do not think that the Facebook portal will be a hit either. And I believe that in general, the category will fade. I don't... I don't, I don't know enough people again, and who knows, maybe I just have all the wrong friends, but I don't know enough people who want these in their homes, who want to do that much of video chatting or look at, uh, pictures of food when, you know, they're, they're, they're looking up recipes in their kitchen. And I know Tom, you're probably rolling your eyes because this is actually something that you do do (laughs) with your echo show, but I don't think I'm saying I'm not your friend. Is that what this is about? No, I'm just saying you're like, you're, you're, you're just cooler than all my other friends, (laughs) perhaps, perhaps, but, but I, (laughs) I, I predict that this category will sputter, will sputter out and ultimately, um, we're going to stop. T- we're not going to be talking about them this time next year. Certainly not the Facebook Cer- portal. I'll, I'll go go that far with you. That one's yeah. dead, dead on. Specifically, that's my prediction is the portal's dead. Um, but I but I believe it's part of a larger category that um, this whole kind of. But you can video chat with this thing that sits somewhere in your house. Just it it makes no sense to me. Well, and I, I, know- I, I I thought the same thing. Like my answer to that would be, yeah, you've got one in your hand. You've already got your phone right there. You can video chat. Why do you need this dedicated device? But that's what I said to all the people who said that Alexa was amazing because they could walk into a room where a device was and talk to it. And I said, but you have a device in your hand you can talk to. And yet that one did work. So I don't know. Right. I would argue that yeah. a lot of these video um, type of devices that just kind of sit somewhere in your household, they're a lot more of a niche market. Like I could see myself using one of these when I'm getting ready in the morning and I don't want to deal with my phone. I want to have something that I can look at like right next to the sink while I'm doing my makeup and be able to watch YouTube videos while I'm getting ready and putting on my lipstick or something. Um, but on the other hand, I could see them failing if they don't get out of this proprietary movement. For example, some of them don't allow you to play like Netflix or Hulu on them. And if they don't open up to allow a lot more of those libraries for video integrations, uh, I I couldn't see myself buying one. And I don't currently have one except for an Echo Spot, the one that you sit next to you like your bed. But that's a completely different one in itself. So I think they need to open up before they'll actually sell better. Uh, I, I, I agree. I think that right now there's a very limited use case to go to some unsolicited uh, uh, portal criticism. Uh, finally, they came out with an ad that was just a, an elder enjoying a moment with his grandchild 
which I think should be the only genre of advertisement for this kind of device, instead of the previous ads that were all about awkward moments with your family that you can now experience in live HD video, uh, which was the most baffling, it was Facebook advertisement of all time. Hey, you can forget your sister's birthday awkwardly. Thank God to the, the Facebook portal for that moment i, I think they're, they're all doing the wrong thing wrong thing by focusing on this as video calling it's it's more yeah. about what shannon said which is like i can see when i ask for the weather and scan the weather i can see a video of a trailer i can see things it's just a screen that supports the things that are good about a voice assistant i think that's what my, if anything keeps the category alive that'll be it i think for that but i do think the video calling lives and here's where i think it lives televisions next year well, well see, and that, right that, Just, that's why i i feel like this is a category no. it's like we as as allison said it's like we already have it okay maybe you don't want it on your phone but your t my tv is mounted in the room already i don't need another screen in there yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe I, I think video calling stays on the phone myself, but since Justin is feeling in a prediction mode, uh, let's move over to you, Justin. What are your predictions for 2019? Uh, I look out onto my tea leaves and I see great change, great upheaval, <laughs> maybe even great pain throughout 2019. I have miserable predictions in store Oh no! for, for the coming year. Yay. We'll take a long trip. <laughs> <laughs> They're finally going to have to give up the ghost. Yes, Snap will sell. <gasps> oh. Bold. That's a bold good prediction. One. Yeah. Bold prediction. Sell out? Sell. sell to whom? Now, this was, don't bait me, Lane. Right. This was my problem with last year's prediction. <laughs> where I needed to make 15 different qualifiers. I'm going for the hits this year. I'm not going to say whom. Uh, because I don't know, although you would certainly think that either Facebook or, or you know, integration into Instagram or something like that would be uh, a possible way to do it. Or they sell to some other VC firm that wants to try to reintegrate them or reshuffle their business model. Here's the problem for Snap. Advertisement in general is falling off a cliff. They've never been able to figure out how to integrate their very unique product into advertising on a way that scales. They, they wanted to sell these big packages where they would have, uh, you know, these gigantic advertising companies come in and buy and spend a bunch of money and they'd integrate and make all their little things. That doesn't scale. Uh, AdWords scales. Facebook words in terms uh, scales. Amazon advertising scales. This doesn't. They tried to pivot into devices uh, and they wound up making a set of glasses that point the wrong way in terms of how much uh, uh, their uh, users really want to use their product in that it faced out and not as a selfie. So I think that, that their, their, their market cap is shrinking enough that they are going to be ripe for the picking. And since they're a photography company, obviously Canon will buy them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Kodak. What? What? You, 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 you mentioned Facebook and and Instagram as two possible suitors, right? Yeah. Uh, and the I think that you know the main. If you look at Instagram, it's like Instagram just did what Snapchat did, which is something that Facebook and all of its entities do on a regular basis with um, varying, uh, um, uh, varying uh, degrees of success. Degrees of success. Yes. Thank you, Tom. Sorry. My dog is trying to get on the show right now. Uh, but, uh, 
but uh, he has really bad predictions. So we'll just go ahead and skip his, his segment. But I, but I think it's what would Instagram even want with snap at this point? You still read all of the, you know, the polls of like, you know, 90% of teens still use Snapchat more than, and then Instagram's the second. But I think that those numbers are probably so overlapped. I don't know what, what Instagram and, you know, to maybe it's slightly lesser extent, you know, Facebook itself would even want with Snapchat's uh, user base, even though it's still really big. No, Facebook has Instagram. They don't want Snap. I don't. I don't think it makes sense for them to to buy Snap. Apple doesn't want Snap because they're not good enough for Apple or cheap enough to be an aqua hire. Google maybe acquires maybe them. Google. Uh, look, I mean, whoever's going to do it, Snapchat needs a new coat of paint, and they got to figure out a way that they can make advertising work for them in a way that they really haven't been able to. Uh, uh, Sarah, you were absolutely right. Part of the story of 2018 was the fact that Instagram totally stole oh. Snapchat's thunder, and the reason why is because they built a better version. They did things that that frustrated Snapchat fans wanted to do. Easy tagging, easy ways that you could uh, communicate and send between uh, uh, the people that, that wanted to do it. It was just and then Snapchat responded by making a complicated UI even more complicated. I know. I know where Snap fits perfectly. Where? Verizon. <laughs> oh, you mean why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why not? Why not buy it by buy Snapchat? So that yeah, that, that is that is my prediction. Snapchat sells. <laughs> All right, let's go to your next prediction. Uh, what 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 other uh, misery will accompany us in 2019? More dark clouds moving around. I see a premonition as a <laughs> lightning bolt strikes from Washington D.C. to Seattle, Washington. I think that Amazon gets hit with an antitrust suit in 2019. Ooh, that's a good one. That is a good one. And, and anywhere worldwide, right? It could be Russia, China, Europe, U.S., wherever. Uh, well, see, I, I, I said I said the U.S., so I'll stick with the U.S. But, you did. But oh, I, I didn't hear you say the U.S. I apologize. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I'll stick with that. Although I should have just said very blanketly. That, uh, <laughs> there you go, being Mitch. Almost assuredly, that will happen in Europe. Because I feel like it's more likely in Europe than it is in the U.S. We will allow you to amend at this point if you wish. Mm, uh, no, I won't go for the layup. All right. I'm, I'm, all right. Gonna, I think <laughs> he uh, he's Washington. taking the three pointer. I will go for the three pointer. Here's why. There is Amazon has played the game very much. They have learned uh, uh, all of Silicon Valley companies or tech companies in general have kind of learned the lesson of Microsoft in the 90s. They were not going to be left undefended in Washington, D.C. in terms of lobbyists. They were not going to be left undefended when it came to understanding where the political headwinds are. They are appearing at all of these uh, Senate hearings, uh, uh, you know, as much as. I mean, maybe it's not as, as much as some observers would like, but in general, they have been conciliatory and then duly showed up in D.C. to eat their poop on live television. But <laughs> I think that Amazon has put themselves in a very uniquely actionable position, as we've discussed on this show many times, that they are running a mall with a flea market in the, a flea market in the middle of it, as a wise man, Tom Merritt, once uh, once once said metaphorically. They have put themselves in enough position and they have been aggressive enough in how they've tried to, you know, in their mind, enforce ban evasion. If they say, okay, well, you can't sell to us using these kinds of practices. And then they're like, oh, fine. Well, then we'll sell in your flea market. Oh, no, no, you can't do that. Somebody is going to, I don't know whether or not it will be successful, 
but I believe that some kind of antitrust thing will be brought up, even if it is settled in short order. So you're going with only it'll, it'll come, come up, up, but not that it'll success that it'll actually go through. Well, no, because I think that it'll be something that Amazon is deft enough that they can settle. Right. Like, they, they, you know, charges can be filed and then they can figure out a way to they, they, they can figure out a way to get around it or mitigate some business practice or, or, or say that from here on out, we won't do this and we'll pay this kind of fine. But they my, my prediction is that there will be some kind of complication considering that they are such a gigantic player. And we are now moving into the political viability of prosecuting tech companies from a political point of view, not even to say that it's something that is right to do. I'm just saying that right now, when uh, 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 specifically as move into a presidential year, as uh, uh, a lot of the people who are in sitting office are now looking to show that they will be tough on tech if they were in the White House, this might be a way to do it. That's actually may hard for them because they want to be seen as tough on tech, but they love big business, right? They don't love so Jeff Bezos, though. <laughs> well, I mean, look, it, it's 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 uh, again. There is a, a tremendous amount. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed, and Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe tap-to-pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamline my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers... Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Uh, that can be done for, uh, you know, saying you, you screwed up here. Now settle with us and we can move on. Uh, uh, that that is that is the the the, the way mm. that everybody wins. <laughs> Actually, as a revenue stream, that's what they'll do it for. Yeah, right. Uh, hey, uh. I, I think uh, that you will get this right in Europe. I'll be curious to see if it happens in the U.S. I'm, I, I think it's possible. Uh, so I appreciate the high difficulty level. Well, That's, number one, saying that any company will face an antitrust suit. I know. It's kind of too I'm easy. Glad. I know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's move away from the death and destruction of Justin's predictions. Uh, Shannon, can, can you bring us any light? 
Um, well, it depends. <laughs> it depends on how you feel about governments. <laughs> Um, so my first one has two parts to it, uh, kind of similar to one of Sarah's as well. Uh, and this one actually kind of coincides with uh, one of Justin's too. So I think that uh, first off, we're going to see major tech companies get hit with very large scale fines from GDPR, finally. Um, and if you remember the GDPR, the fines for that are 4% of annual global turnover or 20 million uh, euros, I believe that is in. Uh, so it's pretty major fines. Of course, those could be seen as rather small for a large company, but sure. that's why they have those two options, the 4% or 20 million, it's, whichever is which higher. Yeah. Yep. Whichever is greater. So, so I feel like given we've seen so many um, security breaches with companies like Facebook and, you know, all sorts of other companies that did have to do with uh, European citizens, we're going to finally start seeing those fines start to occur. And to go along with this one, uh, I also think that we're going to start seeing privacy regulations for the tech sector that sweep across more countries than just the EU's GDPR. Um, I think that that's going to create a lot lot more regulations across more more countries, especially since we're seeing a lot more uh, maybe paranoia as far as cybersecurity is concerned, and a lot more of that uh, butting heads between companies too, which we've seen this year. Um, so I think that that's really going to be something that we see a lot of is regulatory powers with cybersecurity happening next year. We're seeing the seeds of a U.S. law already being planted in these these most recent congressional hearings. I think that's that's a good bet. Uh, and Facebook looks to be first on the chopping block uh, for a GDPR <laughs> yeah. fine, right? So uh, you, it, it's not impossible uh, that 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 happens pretty fast uh, out of the gate. Although we'll see. I, I think this is a this is a pretty I wouldn't say a safe bet because that that makes it sound like it's it's too easy. But I, I think it's a good call. Yeah, it, I think it's a good call too, and it, it is kind of a lighter prediction. But I don't know how long <laughs> for everyone except the per, the tech company that gets hit with a fine. It is, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's like Facebook got hit. Woohoo! The only thing is, like, I don't know how long those regulations would come to pass, and I don't know how long it'll mm. take for fines to actually occur. Of course, we'll see it in the tech news, but it might take months, or it could take a couple of years. I sure. mean, who knows? Yeah, so, who, I, I, I'm not familiar with the with the appeal process there, right? And that's what could drag it out. Yeah, so exactly. Gets credit, I would think, if they get hit with the fine, they don't have to go through the whole they don't appeal have to pay process. It. For they her could, to they could it. drag it out in appeals. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, I think, yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, this is your 2027 prediction, right? Right. And, and I think you're, I think you're, you're, your prediction about more of these rules, again, maybe not coming into place because legislation takes a long time, uh, but bills starting to come out of committee and be actually debated and formed. Uh, I certainly think we'll see that in the U.S. Uh, this year, this coming year as well. And whether you see that as positive or a negative thing, I mean, it, it really is a personal opinion as far as that happens. Uh, yeah. For me personally, I think when it comes to certain things, regulating uh, is a good thing, especially if it comes to like consumer tech products. And I think the GDPR is a good thing because the more we enact for cybersecurity that protects consumers, I think that makes it better overall. Uh, now, my second prediction is kind of out there. 
but it's totally possible, or maybe it's just plausible. I don't know. But I think that we're going to see AIs start to be used in cyber espionage campaigns and social engineering campaigns uh, for hacks online. And I think that this will most likely happen from state-sponsored actors and people that have a lot of money behind their belts. Um, The reason why I came up with this is because this year we've seen a lot of artificial intelligence start to be used in actual forms. Um, We have seen a little bit of that in the past, but I think there's been a lot of confusion as far as like what AI can be used for and what AI is. Um, I think it's entirely possible that Maybe we aren't quite there as far as technology is concerned, but I think that we're building upon the possibility of a scenario happening in the real world where attackers could use artificial intelligence to make malware or to make like ransomware, for example, um, learn on its own and continue to attack at a growing pace. Yeah. Uh, which can be very scary to think about, but it's something that I think that we need to think about since we need to be able to protect ourselves against that. Can we also predict that uh, um, uh, security software will start using AI as a defense? <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, we're back to totally. doom. Shannon, <laughs> let me ask you a question. Do we know that this isn't already happening? Not 100%. I, it, <laughs> we don't have evidence of it that we know of yet. We don't. We okay. don't have evidence. We don't have public evidence of something like that happening okay. yet. Um, but but given AI has been growing at such a fast pace this year, I I think that it would be entirely possible next and year a lot to see of, that happen. There's a lot of open service, open source machine learning, which could pave the way to the script kitties of the future, being able to not have to know anything uh, about AI to be able to implement it. Uh, there's also uh, the AI as a service out there uh, that, you know, hopefully they'll, they'll secure well enough that it can't be used for foul purposes, but you never know. And the other thing that comes to mind is, is phishing attempts. Uh, having, you know, something like Google Duplex call you on the phone and ask for your password, uh, you know, starts to make some of the traditional advice about when to, to give information uh, become even more important. Totally, totally. Yeah. So all, all good things to think about. So hopefully we can protect ourselves if that does happen. <laughs> so uh, so what you're saying is, no, you don't have a lot of, of hope and light for 2019. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your uphill uh, look there. <laughs> no yeah. problem, guys. <laughs> you know, if you, if you out there wanted to make this into a more general positive prediction, it would be that AI would be used in, in more and more places. It'll be used in more and more good places as well. It's just that, sadly, when, you know, like anything, if it starts to be used for good, it also gets used for bad. Yep. Uh, and I actually kind of think to Shannon's prediction that in 2019, we will understand how AI is already being used in state-sponsored hacking because I, I, I think that it is more likely than not that specifically in some of the very developed uh, uh, cyber uh, security uh, countries like the United States, China, Israel, uh, uh, that I would not be shocked if that is already in play. So can I get a quarter of a point if it's proven in 2020 <laughs> or 2019 that we it was happening now? We just didn't know about it. Uh, yeah, I think, I, I think you'll, you'll need to note that because uh, <laughs> I mean, honestly, I would be I would actually be very surprised if generative adversarial networks weren't being used to help develop software, uh, maybe not in the actual implementation of malware, but but to generate uh, hack proof 
software so that it's not using AI when it's out in the wild, but it's hardened against detection and prevention uh, by going through a GAN uh, that, that beats up on it. I mean, that, that seems like something you could easily do right now. Yeah. All right, Allison, you want more than a quarter point, though, right? You want you want some full points. What do you got to predict uh, for 2019? Any any hope for us in yours? <laughs> well, this one's actually just sad, uh, but uh, <laughs> I hope this is measurable enough because I wanted something measurable. But sure. my prediction is that Google will finally come out with a single unified messaging service. It will completely work. It'll be awesome. And it will fail to get immediate adoption because nobody's going to trust them not to just <laughs> drop it immediately. And But the other half of it is it will become widely adopted, but not until the following year. I find this to be a very hopeful prediction. You're saying that, that the five messaging systems that they've narrowed things down to will be unified as one? Well, not necessarily those five. They right, could go the, through eight or ten more between now and when sure. they come out with one. <laughs> but we'll end up with one. Right. It'll be a, I'm not saying all the others will necessarily disappear, but there will be one unified that does everything that people want. They'll be super, it'll, it should be super excited about, but nobody trusts them anymore. It's, it, you know, the Linus and uh, Lucy pulling the football out from under. Okay. So wait a, minute, wait a minute. All right. But let, 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 let's quantify that because I think that, that I, I would understand the prediction <laughs> if it's like, okay, they flatten it out and they only have one. Right. But you're saying mm-hmm. that they won't flatten it out. They'll still have all the other ones out there, but they will launch a like they will brand it as finally all these other things uh you don't have to worry about them we have the one that does it <laughs> we'll keep all the other products but you don't have to worry about them which anymore. is a very google thing to do right now we've got this or, or some will dribble along i mean you know google plus is dead but they've still got it sitting out there in life support so i don't want to have to count that they're all gone is what I'm trying to say. Sure, sure. You're, right. you're, you're not you're not making a prediction one way or another whether they sweep the floor clean, uh, but they'll at least have have a brand new jewel to hold up in front of you. Right, right, and it'll be awesome, and we will be and afraid no to try it. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, but but the thing is, if they if they put it in Android, then everybody uses it, right? Because yeah, and that's because probably part of well, the use of the best not one. Not necessarily. Right? I would say, like, I never used Allo. And that was an Android. But if, but do you use messages? No, I use Signal. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's a fair point. <laughs> but I, I think a lot. I think the majority of users use messages, and so if they if they made messages that thing, then immediately they turn the lights on. Which may be to Allison's prediction is they won't do that. They won't get rid of messages. <laughs> They'll make it like Allo, and then not everybody takes it up. Yeah. yeah, I'd be willing to even say though, if they made it into the devices, it still won't get widespread adoption. I'd be willing to go that bold. I mean, the only way they, I think Shannon's right. The only way you do that is you replace messages with this new thing. And I doubt they do that. Mm-hmm. Mm. I just don't understand that this is nothing to do with predictions, but I don't understand when you have WhatsApp, when you have WeChat, when you have line, and those are the successful messaging platforms out there that have everything, not just messages and video and voice, but shopping and calling ride hailing and ordering food. Why would you take a splintered approach to a messaging service and say, you know, it's a great idea, segmenting the features out into separate apps? <laughs> like to just, I mean, if you're if you're going to imitate and be coming from behind, you want to imitate the successful models, don't you? Yep. You would have thought. I mean, to me, that that's what Facebook did fairly successfully with the product of Facebook Messenger. Oh yeah. Uh, the problem was it was just. Facebook, which I had very little interest in 
having more of a, a hook into, and also people that reach me on there tend to be annoying. Well, and, and the <laughs> Facebook messenger mes- messenger is a very popular platform because they did it that way. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Allison, what's your second one? All right. This one is more, it, more interesting and it sort of goes, uh, it, it, passing Sarah in the other direction. I believe that Apple's TV app will come to another service like Roku or Amazon prime. Whoa. Huh? Huh? Okay. So that's what it like with what you were saying, Siri yeah, inside. Well, wacky. What no, mean, I like, out there. Like a, a when you say Amazon Prime, you mean the Fire Fire TV, right? Well, I was I wasn't exactly sure how to say that. So it could come to the to the Roku devices and all the Roku TVs, and that would make sense. Mm-hmm. But the Fire TV stick, I don't think is a. Why I don't know. Is it even a big enough market to be oh, yeah. worth it's, their it's trouble to do that? It's a pretty big market. Okay. So when you say Amazon Prime, though, what were you were you thinking? It would be an add-on subscription to Prime Video. Well, it could be. Yeah, that's kind of what I was going. So e- okay. e- can I have either one? Well, uh, hold on. This is pretty out there. You kind, of, you kind of capture everything if, if you your say prediction Prime. is that Apple will uh, uh, allow that Apple all of the Apple TV app stuff will be free if you have an Apple device. Right. I didn't say that. Okay, well, okay. Well, that's that's the rumor, right? I don't. Right, uh, I've heard that. I, I had a whole one about that, but I didn't put that in. Okay, well then let's uh, follow me here. Uh, okay. uh, that it will be whatever it will be for Apple devices, native Apple devices. Uh, but then instead of making it a lure to get people into, uh, uh, into their their ecosystem, they will also allow it to be a subscription service on non Apple devices. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good description of it. So remember the definition of their ecosystem changes over time. I mean, the Apple TV is a great device and everything, but I don't know that it's setting the world on fire. So um, if their, their real ecosystem is services now, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe that is sucking them into their ecosystem if you get them into one of their services. Yeah. And, and, you know, the precedent here is Apple Music. Apple Music came to Android because yep. Apple wanted to get people in the tent with the idea that, you know, maybe if they love Apple Music enough, eventually they'll switch over to using an Apple device as well. And as you say, as the emphasis becomes on services, not just devices, uh, there's a little less pressure for the device to be the end game. You can say, hey, you know what, if Roku people are subscribed to Apple TV, you know, then that'll be the thing. And maybe Apple Music is even part of a subscription like that on a Roku. Mm-hmm. So you get it all. Well, and, and remember the uh, Apple music is on the uh, Amazon echo now. Mm-hmm. Another example. Yeah, right. Exactly. So not as out there as it sounded at first, is it? I don't, mm, it's, it's really hard to imagine a world where Apple just puts a device out for a non dominant competing service. And by non dominant, I mean, they, they did iTunes for windows because Ninety percent of of computers had Windows. Uh, they're doing Apple Music for Android because ninety percent of phones have Android. Roku is not quite in that same position. You know, it's certainly not as dominant in the space, and the space itself is still kind of small. So that those are my my natural objections. Is like, oh, but would they? Uh, I think you make a good case that as they are changing, yeah, maybe they would. The here's the only thing, and this might be me just uh, uh, prioritizing my own headcanon uh, uh, when it comes to what Apple's strategy is. But I really think it feels like an Apple plan. Specifically once you read those rumors about them wanting to tone down the super objectionable content of some of their original programming, Mm -hmm. 
that it was going to be a loss leader to get people into their ecosystem yeah. and bolster uh, them selling their Apple TV, even if like so. Here's here's my thought: What does putting it on Roku for a price get them that releasing a ninety nine dollar Apple TV stick doesn't? Like well, they it gets rather- the Roku. It gets the same thing that Apple Music on Android or Apple Music on Echo gets them, which yeah, is somebody to come into the revenue ecosystem. stream. Yeah. If sure, I mean <laughs> yes, too. but would they rather sell a bunch of ninety nine dollar uh, uh, sticks that then get them mm-hmm. they get people into that ecosystem and used to that ecosystem, uh, and now gets them all the money that they'll ever spend on video rentals and uh, uh, you know other stuff like that and any kind of subscriptions that they want to buy while they have the stick, uh, or do they want to get that you know let, let's just say nine ninety nine uh, uh, a month and do we know whether or not they're going to have the kind of horses that make that nine ninety nine and yet another recurring uh, uh, subscription worth it for people? So does my prediction only count if it's smart, though, Justin? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 because mine almost uh, historically universally crash and burn. So uh, I have I have uh, no credibility. You're trying to save me for it. myself. Yeah, uh, uh, but but I do. Uh, uh, I, I think it's interesting because uh, uh, in, in my mind, that's where I think they will go. But, you know, uh, uh, yours, if, if it does not happen like that, then I would almost assuredly think that you were totally right. I'd almost see them do Amazon and not Roku even. Uh, where they say, "Hey, you know what? Okay. We're you know we're we're building a relationship with Amazon, and Amazon has a high high quality enough interface that we we don't feel bad about it. Whereas Roku's kind of your bargain basement interface if you're an Apple person, right? Uh, so I don't know if we want to spend developer time creating for that. We can't make it look good enough. I, I could see that being the Apple objection to Roku. Um, well, I mean, for something like the Apple Music app, it's like some album art and some song titles. I mean, it it wouldn't." You're still going to rack up a bunch of money offering it to Roku users. I don't see why. Yeah, maybe if there's something about Roku's kind of style and that bargain basement feel that that is just too beneath Apple. Okay. But you know, ten bucks a month, you know that that, that pays for itself pretty quick. But you gotta you gotta pay the developers to make that app, and then it's got to look good enough for Johnny Ive to say yes, that's fine. Oh, that that's where it'll stop is the way it looks yeah. on Roku because Roku's icky looking. Yeah, right. It won't that's be pretty trying, enough. Yeah. So uh, before we close out this section, though, um, should we? Ch- I think I want to change it. Can I change it from uh, the service to saying the device? Because I think that's kind of where we went with it. Oh I don't know when no! I, in- I I let me. You can if you want. I would say make it Amazon Prime Video because if it if it maybe just say it'll come to an Amazon product and then you're covered in both cases. Okay, and I said Roku or Amazon product. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we'll 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 change that for the record. We have an authorized right change. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's fair. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm gonna put my money where my mouth is. Uh, my first prediction is that this will be the year that we start to hear fretting, moaning, and worrying that restaurants are dying, that physical 
brick and mortar restaurants are going the way of Borders Books and Circuit City. Uh, and it's a tragedy because not only are millennials not eating at the casual dining establishments like Applebee's, but this damn delivery economy is driving out the need for physical locations. All the hot new restaurants don't even have seats. They're all delivered through Postmates and Uber Eats, and and it's killing the restaurant industry, and we've got to do something about it will be a, a refrain we will have heard by the end of 2019. That's a pretty good one. Uh, you, you don't. I don't know if you're hearing so much hand wringing yet, but you're definitely he- hearing what you described. People saying, "Hey, you know, there's this uh, there's this restaurant that's it, you don't even sit inside. It's only Uber Eats delivery. I mean, they exist, not everywhere. But um, that said, there's also a premium for getting that that kind of stuff delivered, uh, which is why I've cut down a lot on my um, <laughs> my my nightly ramen delivery that I was getting out of hand for a while. But yeah, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, this is a pretty good prediction. Um, and I think that any sort of bustling, fun, Main Street Square, downtown area where there's restaurants and you start seeing them close, the the d- delivery economy is going to be what gets pointed at where people say, you see, you see what we've done? We've ruined the town. My local diner is no more because of Postmates. <laughs> yeah. hey, hey, Tom, how are we going to measure whether you're right on this? I mean, well, they're not all going to be gone. Yeah, no. It, it basically, I mean, what we do on the predictions results think show pieces. is we we come we'll to a consensus. Like, is this something we're hearing? You know, then and everybody agrees. Then 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 yeah. But but it will yeah. be it will be columns in TechCrunch. It'll be articles on the Verge. You know, talking about uh, the the closing of of iconic restaurants or or it, you know if a big chain like uh, goes out of business. Uh, like a Circuit City or a Borders did for for books and electronics, uh, that would be another indicator of that. Okay, so we'll begin to kill, maybe. Yeah, this is just the the leading edge of the wave. And like Sarah said, we're already starting to hear about this be a thing. Like, oh, some restaurants are opening up with either limited seating or no seating and just just being a delivery organization. And I think that will continue to build this year. Yeah. Well, don't look at the Bay Area to be uh, your your analysis of this prediction because all the restaurants here are closing anyway but most of that is because (laughs) of rental prices (laughs) well but i think that that could drive this story in fact i was thinking of that uh the fact that you can't you can't hire waiters in san francisco at some restaurants because it's too expensive for people who would work for waiter wages to live and so that's going to push people to do this kind of thing and say, you know what, maybe we'll just go uh, with it without seats. Uh, we'll go delivery only. And that might actually start the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. I have seen a lot of these kind of restaurants overseas. For example, in Tokyo, mm. uh, they have like limited seating type of places where they have bicycle deliveries too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, I think that's because of how like busy that city is and how people don't have necessarily have time to go out to eat or they get out of, they get out really, really late and they don't have time to, you know, go to a nice date night or anything like that. So a lot of people do just do like the really, really quick ramen dinner or they get it delivered to their household in in the inside the city limits of Tokyo. Um, so it could be possible that we would see something like that um, happening here in the United States, um, but maybe not necessarily because of just the applications, but because of how busy we are getting as uh, as humans. 
Yeah. Well, on the flip side, you, Shannon, you mentioned high rental prices in the Bay Area, and there are a lot of a lot of places around the world uh, that that share that problem. Imagine if you were world's greatest cook. You know, you were just going to make the best food ever. You wanted to feed as many people as possible, but there's just no way that you were going to have a nice little corner shop uh, down, you know, in, in, in the town square again. So you could just get something that was functional where you could make a lot of food at high volume, figure out how to get it delivered. I don't know, buy some robots. And then all of a sudden you've got this business that never would have been possible otherwise. So there's no there there, but the food's still good. Yeah. I think we're I think we're going to hear more and more stories about this uh, for sure. Uh, and my final prediction uh, for 2019 is that this will be the year of wearables, uh, not just watches, not just fitness trackers, but wearables will now become uh, a, a a successful category. In the past, all of the Gartner anal- analysis, all the Canalys estimates, they're all like, well, you know, it's pretty much dominated by Fitbit and a few others. Then it became, well, it's pretty much dominated by Apple Watch. Fitbit's doing okay and a few others. We're going to see an explosion uh, in this arena in 2019. We're going to see a lot more brands getting into it. We're going to see a lot more form factors being tried, uh, things that are wearable and, and tie into Internet of Things with the promise of 5G connectivity, uh, even though 5G connectivity will just start to be taking off. Uh, and, and we'll see a lot of uh, unpredictable uses of this. So wearables rising as a trend finally like ah okay you know looking at the wearable numbers is is legitimate now uh and as i as phones start to stabilize wearables will be rising but also the types of wearables will start to multiply as well well yeah so when you when you say say wearable that was going to be my first question okay we're talking about the watch form factor and if we're if we're talking about expanding beyond that we're going back to the face that that doesn't seem to work very well none of that is is a graveyard (laughs) I want my wearable eye patch. (laughs) But yeah, but it's like, what is the other form factor? Is it a necklace of some kind where you're picking up something and looking at it? What, what does it look like if it's something that is beyond what we think of as a wristwatch? I like that Tom said they will be unpredictable as in we are unable to see right now what they would be. What else is there? Not know. I would, I'll take, I'll take some wild guesses. Okay. Uh, uh, certainly uh, other wrist stuff. So like uh, we've already seen like bracelets and stuff mm-hmm. for like sleep tracking. I think necklaces. How about this one? If we can get beyond the connotations of uh, this form factor being almost exclusively used for people on probation and home arrest. What about uh, a little thing that goes around the ankle? The what, ankle what kind of data bracelet. can you do in a very lightweight form factor that we can now kind of do that maybe wasn't really possible a few years ago? That can go under a sock and be totally out of out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, you know, we haven't done horns yet, right? I mean, just some horns. <laughs> so oh. with antenna. If, if we could do cat ears, I'd be down. I was going to say some Sailor Moon uh, ears, you know, yeah. up there. Those are great antennas, right there. You know, uh, rings. Perfect. I think we'll start to see some some smart rings that will help you maybe mm. do authentication and stuff. There's there, there's been versions of that touted before. Uh, mm. I think we'll see glasses uh, with with smart stuff built in, and we'll get past the Google Glass stigma uh, and have glasses that do less. Than AR glasses, but what they do, they do real well, and they look good. Uh, I, I think apparel, things like shoes, jeans, coats, will start to have more smarts built into them as well. 
So well beyond the quantified self part of what wearables are today. Right. It's going to move past that and functions. say, there are things you can do now that you couldn't do before because you've got these smart wearables. I, I do think that the limited idea, if you could take the idea of Google Glass and put them into sunglasses that was pretty much only, not even like the live stuff from your alerts from your phone and everything, but just the weather, just to like touch a button and the weather pops up in, in some kind of display that doesn't look like a weird CRT television from 1988, like the Google Glass <laughs> solution was. Uh, uh, I think that might be something that it's like, okay, look, if it works every time and I don't have to think about it and I have to charge it once every three months and the worst thing that happens when it goes away is that it just turns into glasses uh, that look good that I like, then uh, that's that 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 is that is interesting. The question is what you can do that price wise. Well, and Canada's North is trying to do that, but the price point is nine hundred ninety nine dollars, and people debate whether they actually look that good. But that's where they're trying to go with that. Yeah. Well, folks, this is the fun part uh, where we get to now start the new year and see how right we are. Because I'm sure. Uh. We're all going to be perfectly right. Thanks, everybody, uh, for joining us. Let's go around the horn. Uh, Justin Robert Young, where can people find more of you in the new year? You can find me at Justin R. Young, and I expect on Twitter, and I expect everybody to be tweeting at me as my year of pain commences. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Uh, Shannon Morse, uh, in 2019, where should folks look for you? You can find me. I'm at snubs, S-N-U-B-S, and also techthing.com, where I recently reviewed a gimbal, uh, but also over at ThreatWire, which is always my security and privacy show that's all about the news. Excellent. Thank you, Shannon. Allison Sheridan, in 2019, you're going to be at the same place? I think I probably will. You can find all of the Podfeet podcasts, tech podcasts with an ever so slight Apple bias over at podfeet.com. And you can find me on Twitter at Podfeet. Sarah Lane, we, we never get to ask each other where we're going to be. Where are you going to be in the new year? <laughs> we'll be right here. <laughs> uh, we'll be uh, we'll be doing DTNS, Tom and Roger and everybody on our panel today because you're all regulars on the show. Uh, yeah. Besides that, I'm also on Twitter at Sarah Lane. Um, I'm everywhere at Sarah Lane. That's where I am. <laughs> if there's a Sarah except, Lane, you're there. Yeah, except um, for um, a couple networks that some other Sarah Lane got first. Um, and so whenever it's not that, it's Sarah Lane Rocks. Sarah Lane Rocks. Pinterest is one of them, and I'm still annoyed about it. <laughs> uh, Roger Chang, what about you? You can find me at... <clears throat> DTNS, or you can go to twitter.com slash at Jolly Roger, uh, and you'll find me over there as well. I'm at Ace Detect. Good luck spelling it. It's on Twitter. Uh, you can find me in the same place at Instagram. Anywhere there's an Ace Detect, it's me, because nobody else would be silly <laughs> enough to take that username. Uh, and <laughs> you will find us all at CES uh, in a week and a few days. So January 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, we'll be there, uh, covering what's going on at CES. And also in just a few days, January 2nd, we will be celebrating five years of daily tech news show. Tim Stevens, our very first guest five years ago, will be back on the show, uh, to celebrate five years. And, uh, so let's finish this year by thanking Every single one of you. There have been almost 10,000 people 
who have supported the show at one time or another on Patreon over the years. There's several thousand who have supported it in other ways. Maybe it's buying merchandise or PayPal or just telling their friends about it. Uh, So literally tens of thousands of people have made this show possible. And to each and every one of you, thank you. Thank you so much. Five years ago, I didn't know that I would be doing this successfully at all. I didn't know if it would make it out of the year. I didn't know what I was going to be doing. And thanks to you, we're still doing it and hopefully getting better and better at it all the time. So thank you. Congratulations, Tom. Five years. That's Thank awesome. you very much. Uh, and uh, if you want to be part of that club or even come back to the club, if you if you had to leave for a while, little while, now's the time to get back. We got some special stuff coming. Patreon.com slash DTNS. Your feedback keeps us alive. Literally. Our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. We are also live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2130 UTC. And uh, you can learn more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Our 2018 is over. Happy New Year, everybody. Talk to you next year. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. (laughs) Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.